dead of night, peering through the veil of darkness, the paranormal, spiritual, and comedic abound. Welcome to the Richard Spazoff Show. That's right. You're tuned into the Richard Spassoff Show. It's brought to you by Audible. You can find us on our website at the Psychic Medium Show.com. Also, the Richard Spassoff Podcast is a proud member of the HC Universal Network family of podcasts available for you from Android and coming soon iDevices. To get all the great stuff from the Richard Spassoff Show and more, please check out the hcuniversalnetwork.com website. Also, I'd like to give a big thank you to TalkStream Live for bringing us aboard their website. Thank you, Tom and Bill. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk Entertainment. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Is that a new music app? Yeah, check it out. Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. Welcome, everybody. I'm happy to be here today. We have two great guests. Now, if I don't botch up their names, I'm doing pretty good tonight, I think. Uh, first name, first guest, uh, Diane Miller, and then we have Katie Foreman with their paranormal team called Cal Para Research. Is that correct? Yes, you got that's it. Correct. <laughs> I feel like I'm in school. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I want to thank you guys so much for being here today, tonight, whenever it is. Thank you for yeah. inviting us. Yeah. Now, how did you? Who wants to tell me how you guys formed this group? Um, twelve years ago. I went looking for a bunco group and found a paranormal group. And the next day, the leader dropped out, and I thought, hey, I can do this. And so I took over. But what I should say is, what, how did you guys have that connection to know that this is the right person? How did you and Diane have this uh, connection? to work with each other? Um, Diane, you answer that. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it's kind of a funny story. Good. But, um, I, I um, considered myself to be a, a student of the paranormal. I am not a sensitive. Um, I am curious. 
I'm, I'm a researcher. I consider myself a, a, a continual learner. I had gone to um, many, many, uh, you know, paracons and listened to speakers. And after about, oh, five years of doing that actively, I said, you know what? I came home for, from a paracon and said, I need to find a team. So I started searching, and I said, "Wow, there's a team right here near me. <laughs> let me let me see." It says that they don't have they don't have uh, they're not accepting new members, but I'm I'm going to try anyhow. I, I reached out to Katie, and it just so happened that we were going to be at the same Paracon um, within a couple weeks, and so Katie said, "Hey, well, look for me while you're there. I'd like I you know we just like to meet each other, and the rest is history." Um, uh, you know, she brought me into the fold, and uh, I have been um, active with the group ever since then. Our our group is, I would say, unique in the fact that um, everybody meshes so well, and we have such a range of talent that we are able to uh, complement each other in our research techniques. But um, that, that's kind of our our history between the two of each other. That's great. You guys have that connection. You have the ability. One, in the sense that you have the research, Diane. And Katie, how about you? Are you you're more the intuitive, the feeling type. So when you met Diane, she was more the research type, maybe a skeptical. What did you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Anne is my um, grounding force. She is much more skeptical than me looking for natural causes. Um, like she says, we have the full range. We have people in the group that tend to lean towards looking for the haunted in everything. And Diane and another member are the grounding force, reminding us to... Uh, look for natural causes and um, and the balance in everything. And um, to be sure, because we want to be genuine, authentic, we don't want to run in and say this is haunted, that is haunted, when there are places that are, simply are not haunted. You want proof, and, yes, um, yes. Yeah, so when I met her in Vegas, I could tell right away that she was the common sense person that I absolutely needed at the forefront of the group, which is why she got in the group and pretty quickly in, I made her um, the co-organizer so she and I both can run the group and um, get our heads together about how to approach certain homes and situations and stuff. I tell you, I admire you guys getting this group together that is fantastic you should just follow me though for one day because i run across the strangest things uh like for an example i was out one night with a friend and we went to this bar and this woman came up to me and said she wanted to suck my blood seriously i go okay i'm not in a bella lugosi movie but what the heck is this woman doing she was very attractive she had like an old type soul like a style and i swear i saw her eyes spinning so right there i said maybe drugs i don't know but uh no she was very coherent uh she kept looking at me like i was her dinner 
I yelled out for my friend, thank God. He came over. We got away. We got out of the bar, and we started walking down the street about maybe a quarter of a mile. On the, on the sidewalk was a dead body. So wrapped up in a garbage in a garbage bag. I tell you, that's just one of my weird experiences. <laughs> You're in the wrong oh, neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> now you you guys have to share some of your experiences here. What stood out the most to begin with? Oh gosh, we have been so many places over the last decade. Um, I think one of my favorite was we took a road trip and a bunch of our team members went to Gettysburg and um, Diane found a haunted farmhouse right in the middle of the battlefield that had been there during the battle and the home was haunted, the barn was haunted and we went out to Saks Bridge, which is haunted. And for the first time, I saw a, um, oh, I'd have to call them a shadowed person. Okay. But they had on the brim hat that has the rope around the hat. And it was the hat worn by, I think, the side walking in the woods right by the bridge and i finally actually saw this non-person walking and it just blew me away you know you have those moments but this one was just stood out to me okay so you felt you saw this what did you feel from it well um we had a really a well-known psychic guy with us, Don uh, is his name, and um, he just happened to be vacationing with his wife in town when we were there, and we knew him anyway. And, uh, and we invited him to go on little adventures with us that night. And um, so he was calling out to the troops <laughs> into the darkness, and there was this distant light kind of shining back through the forest, highlighting the fog drifting over the trees. It would have made a good movie moment. And he was demanding that they uh, tell him where their sergeant is. And uh, and I don't mean demanding, like provoking. I just right. mean commanding. You know, he was speaking in a leadership voice. Okay. And um, the moment he asked them to say where who's in charge is when I saw this soldier get up off the log and walk towards us. And I'm thinking, these are the moments you wait for, but the fight or flight kicks in and you want to run, but you don't want to run. Mm -hmm. So yeah. fortunately, I have my common sense people around me, <laughs> um, you know, to, to give me courage at that moment because... It's kind of unnerving when you see an invisible person sort of form into a gray mist that you can see partial features and your brain goes into overdrive. Am I seeing this? Am I creating this? Am I making this up? You know. Of course, because we're not used to speaking to spirits. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, it's easier when they're invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. If we could drive without our driver's license and being invisible, that would be a tough one. Yeah. Now, Diane, did you feel yeah. anything? What did you think of this incident that occurred here? It was, it was, I would say, interesting <laughs> from, my, from my skeptic, my my skeptic mind. Um, I could see, I could see the shadows oh, okay. um, happening, but not as clearly as as Katie. And our friend Don were able to see, um, you know, having uh, more in tune with the the sensitive side of their abilities. It, it was more formed than what I was seeing. I could see, I could see, you know, the shadows moving, but not as formed. I had more incidents over at the farmhouse um, than over than actually at Saks Bridge. Uh, I mean, we were we were in the farmhouse for maybe 15 minutes before right. things started happening. Well, let's go in the um, farmhouse. Get, yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so immediately we arrived, and uh, there were four, four team members that were uh, staying in the farmhouse, and we each had our own bedroom. And we went upstairs to try to pick, and uh, immediately something went past me because I had the brush on the arm, uh, and uh, then later on, sitting in the bedrooms with the doors open, we could see down the hallway, and I could see movement going from one bedroom to the other bedroom with nobody down there. Um, and all of this was confirmed later on when we ran into our friend Don, and we said, hey, Don, you want to come check out our farmhouse? Um, you know, we think that there's some things going on there, and he immediately walked in and confirmed um, and was able to tell us, Do, have, you, have you seen this? Because this is happening. You know, we're all raising our hands. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've seen it. Um, you know, and uh, it, yeah. So it was nice to get that validation from somebody that wasn't there, uh, that what we were experiencing um, would be expected considering the um, psychic state of, of, the, uh, of the building. Now, do you think that soldier was lost, or do you think it was just making an appearance to you? Uh, both. Um, that's part of our research is uh, after passing away, in our experience, finding um, some spirits don't know they've passed away. It was so sudden, or they're sad they passed away. They cling to the living uh, or, or wherever they can get energy from. And then you have residual, and they're really not even there. It's sort of a memory imprint repeating itself over and over. It's like you hear, oh, that castle in England has a monk walk down the hallway at midnight in October every single year. Well, that's leaning towards possible residual um, repeated energy of, of an incident that imprinted itself in there, you know, and uh, hard to explain because we deal in a 3D world with time and space, and when you start describing something that doesn't stick to the basic science, then it, it's, you know, you can talk about what is seen and why it's possibly seen, but we have to research more and more to know actually um, this often happens under these circumstances or not. I feel this soldier 
was very aware, looked like he was responding to Don's command, looked like he was walking forward to check us out. Who's this commanding me? He's demanding I get my um, lead officer. I have to respond to that. I've been trained to respond to that. He seemed to be very aware and acknowledging the moment right then and there rather than some sort of um, time loop pattern, you know, that really has no conscious to what we're saying and doing. So the research then is the different history patterns of a spirit that may be occurring at the same spot on and off, right, in this case. Yeah, that's why we like to go back to certain locations that we have gotten evidence to see if uh, a spirit remembers us, um, if the same spirit shows up, will they speak to us more this time than they did last time, are they missing, and, you know, they seemed so prominent last time, where are they now, why is there a new spirit here, it helps you understand. No, you're getting the connection closer, yes, yes, yes. Diane and I regularly go to the Queen Mary ship in Long Beach, and we have some particular areas where we have gotten the name of certain spirits that regularly visit these areas. And um, we go over there and ask, by name, are you here? Do you remember us? Try and get them to respond and to remember there's been a couple of times when it seems like their response or their voice is actual real-time communication, which is a huge thrill. It's easier to have <laughs> right. be in real-time communication than to go back and listen, you know, the next day to your recordings. Definitely uh, not easy, and sometimes when you do that, you don't know for sure if you're going to get a different spirit or the same spirit that you were talking to it's uh now when 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 you guys do the uh when you when you visit the spirits when you get all done don't you get even though you protect yourself don't you get tired or i i get very hungry after i do an investigation how about you guys (laughs) (laughs) Diane, do you have post-investigation hunger? (laughs) I don't. I have pre-investigation hunger. (laughs) Uh, And I carry snacks for some of our team members who have during-investigation hunger. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't don't have, um, you know, I don't feel the drain that um, some people do. Um, Okay. Because I, I think I'm not quite yet to that spot in um, having those psychic abilities. Well, I've been told well, um, by people before, including Katie, and, and we talked about Don and some others that have said, you know, I think, you know, they tell me to trust my instinct, which right now that's kind of where I'm at in my in my my journey to improve my abilities is, is starting to trust my instincts a little bit more rather than kind of dismiss feelings. Um, And part of that 
trusting my instincts is verbalizing what I'm feeling. Um, So if I can verbalize immediately what I'm feeling rather than going, oh, well, that was nothing, um, then I sometimes I do get from another team member some validation that, yeah, yeah, we're feeling that too. That helps. Yeah, which may help me start to develop a little bit more of um, those sensitive uh, feelings that I don't think I have developed yet. It's maybe it's not one thing you need. Maybe you're there to keep people grounded and do more of the research. Uh, believe me, if the spirit was strong enough, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there have been times, and, and that's the one thing. So, even though I'm a um, I'm a, a skeptic, um, you know, I've had plenty of my own experiences um, to tell me that there is definitely something out there. Can we talk about one one of those? Um, certainly. Yeah, sure. Um, probably one of my, um, my favorite instances I I had gone to, uh, I'd gone to Louisville and I was at, um, Waverly Hills and, uh, it was about 3 a.m. and I was, I was with three other folks. And if you've ever been to Waverly, you, you know, the place is massive, massively huge. And um, the only other people that were on the floor with us, I believe we were on the fourth floor at the time, they were clear on the other side. You know, they were nowhere near us. And uh, we, were, we were talking, the four of us were talking, and I, always, I equate this to the, the feeling of you're not paying attention to us, pay attention to us. Mm-hmm. Because we were walking down the hallway, and it sounded like somebody dropped a huge weight or a dumbbell or something with great force right, right behind us, uh, something, a metal object. We, we immediately, you know, okay, we're no longer chit-chatting. We're going back into investigation mode. We never figured out the, the source of it. But things like that just don't happen. Correct. Um, yes. I've seen I've seen um, a chair levitate at a at another location. Um, you know, I and and I saw it. You know, there there was no there was no messing around. It was a stack of you know like um, um, convention chairs that you would use for like a wedding. Okay, uh, where it was stacked up about about six six chairs high and it levitated and fell off the stack. Where were you at so, at the time that this chair did, did this and was anybody else with you? Yes. 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 And actually I was at the Stanley hotel in Colorado. Okay. Uh, when that happened. And so there were, um, a half a dozen witnesses when it happened. Um, one person caught it on, on film or I should say probably digitally cause we don't use film. Right, they caught, uh, caught it. Caught it exactly. going up, and another person caught it coming down. Um, so it, it was enough that I, it wasn't me, and it wasn't me just imagining it. So there's been there's been enough um, that that I know it's there, um, but now I want to know why. That's and understandable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. How can we How can we isolate this? So that we we can we can further the research on this, um, you know, is it is this is it quantum physics? Is it you know what what is causing this, and why is why is the scientific community so resistant to it? Because it's unexplainable. 
Right. And there's such a range. You meet the spirit at the Stanley Hotel that can lift a chair up. You meet the spirit at Waverly that can drop a weight that doesn't exist um, yeah. and make make a noise that shouldn't be made. And then you meet the spirits that can barely get the strength to, you know, whisper and uh, or choose not to, you know, use any energy or whatever, want to be left alone. So there's such a, it's a full range of deceased energies, just like you have the full range of living, you know, mm-hmm. all personalities and all levels of strength. And we're trying to figure out, uh, what makes them tick it's like a psychology of the deceased exactly and you have to it comes in puzzle form when you're doing medium or psychic work it doesn't come all at once it comes in a weird way as you both know that you're talking about being drained um when i leave a place if i have been too much in medium state that evening, I feel much more tired and drained mentally uh, versus another night where I'm not really picking up um, psychically any energy, but my meters are lighting up or beeping or something. You know, it's a more scientific side. Um, yeah, so uh, I can get drained when I'm using my antennas so to speak very much so and even when we're for me at least when i'm out and about i have a lot lot of stories but just when i'm out and about and and let's say i go to costco and the place is packed i could walk in there and feel so much energy that i get lightheaded you guys you must be an empath yes yes okay yeah or yeah, it must have list. been it must have been that whiskey before I walked in. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, no, That'll no. It's it just what kind, of, what kind of free samples are they giving out at your condo? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, my girlfriend and I just go in there for the hot dogs, which it would probably kill us. But uh, <laughs> it, it's I can I share with you guys an an experience? Sure. Okay. Yeah. One time I moved into, and I live at this one apartment here in Escondido, moved into an apartment, and it wasn't that healthy for me in the sense that I had trouble breathing in it, and there were a lot of strange fumes coming from it, and one night, late at night, I heard in the distance a spirit like a train, sounded like a train, or a... Indian on a war path and I saw this gray shadow uh, smoke just move past me like a 100 200 miles per hour and felt like an earthquake when it moved past me and I realized once I saw this it was a warning from somebody to get out of there and I did I don't know if that sounds weird for you guys, but that's one out of many experiences that I've been through. Wow. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me the amount of force or energy they can accumulate. Like Diane's Waverly 
weight, just the impact of all that, you know, and uh, going past you and stuff, just the amount of force that you can pick up on. Kind of, you know, it kind of makes me wonder why some can do that and yet the majority can can barely flicker a light at times, you know? Well, don't forget, depending on what dimension they're coming from as well. If, if they're a lost spirit, do you think they have energy to do anything? I mean, if you're lost, you're exhausted, you're frantic, you're panicking, you don't want to, you know, you're afraid to move if you take the spirit's per, per, uh, perspective. If you're coming from heaven, from a higher perspective, you're not afraid. You're in. You're in love. You're in the. In, in, you're in God's love. So you're able to move around freely on this earth or wherever you want to go. So when I look at it that way, it just depends where they're coming from. Yeah, I've also found uh, a length of time after passing, those newly passed in the first year or two seem to be confused and not really understand how to operate after they have left the earthly body, whereas meeting spirits that have been around for a while, a couple of years and longer, seem to learn, we've met some pretty intelligent spirits (laughs) that what you would classify as, quote, lost, and yet they have learned how to manipulate the energy around them, uh, communicate better, you know, clang on staircases, be vocal, uh, you know. So it it seems like um, a learning curve. You know, the longer they've been deceased, the more they've learned or picked up or tried at times. I feel it's more of a adaptivity in the sense of their environment because here you are on this earth world and all of a sudden you're pushed into the afterlife where there's no sense of time, no sense of emotions, except we still feel the love. We still feel... Uh, I had a out-of-body out experience that gave me a uh, perspective of what it feels that a spirit feels when it leaves this earth. Hmm. And you mean as leaving or? Okay, yeah. When somebody leaves in the sense like uh, I, I was laying in the bathtub one time and I was having some heart is- issues. But at the time, all of a sudden I pass out and then I felt my body... Uh, I felt my spirit leave my body, body, and I could see my body laying in the bathtub. I look at myself, and I realize, where did I go? You know, I want to tell everybody where I am. I don't want to, you know, I felt peaceful. I didn't feel scared. I felt very peaceful, but I did not want to go. I wanted to stay to tell my loved ones where I was. And then all of a sudden, I was brought back into my body again. And so, so there's a sense of awareness uh, just after our being on the edge of, let's say, possible passing away. Yeah. There's a 
a sense of awareness of I'm here and my body is there, I have also learned uh, that there are many, especially on like sudden impact, maybe right. not being aware they're deceased, or being very unhappy about being deceased, there's, there's a fog, a confusion that some can get into um, wandering, what, you know, they were afraid of being judged, so they didn't want to go to their next journey, and they sort of keep themselves in not here, not there. Yeah, they're and afraid to move on. a while, on. Mm-hmm. they tend to be stuck in this foggy processing, you know. It's like cotton is in the brain in addition to the ability to think. There's this slower acceptance and understanding. Um, I never have thought of it as a language barrier. I've Mm -hmm. always thought of it, uh, if something passes away and they spoke Chinese, there seems to be a universal language, um, an ability to understand some of the people talking to them, you know? Yes. Uh, But... There are some that, again, we go back to learned. Uh, some of them have learned to understand and communicate, and others seem to be foggy-brained, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have this friend. Uh, okay, for an example, when my grandfather left, he was re- ready to go. He said he had one foot in the grave and the other one on, on a banana peel, so... He had a good sense of humor, okay? But this other per- person that's a friend of mine that's about maybe 94 years old, she dwells on on the fear part and not... When, when you're in the fear mode, how could you be open to be receptive to what's going to happen? Right? As a living person, maybe not. Once you're deceased, you may or may not have as much control over that, or you may suddenly have your answer. Well, when I, I've had some near-death experiences, and I still had my sense of emotion of fear left, and I had to drop it pretty fast in order to think clear to where I was. Ah. So I'm not saying it's that way with everybody. I'm just talking about from my own experiences. Yeah. No, that helps. Every time someone tells us something we haven't thought of, we put it in our little bag of <laughs> of knowledge because every perspective can help us and it it comes up you know, the next day, the next week, the next month, where a concept might be helpful to decipher what's happening here. I always tell everybody, if we didn't get evidence, we'd be out playing tennis, you know, because (laughs) you can't do this for years and years. The group may have been together 12 years, but uh, the people have been doing this for 10 to 20 years before we clustered together. And you can't keep doing this forever and ever and ever, losing sleep, being up at 3 a.m. in the morning yet again, if the need be, uh, if you're not getting the voices and the clangs and the 
motions and the shadows. And, and I've had members walk into houses and say, I just saw a little girl float across the staircase. It's like, why not me? <laughs> but, uh, okay, wait. Let's go back to that question. People always ask, why can't they see spirits? You guys tell me, why do people, I think they don't simplify it, but why do you think? I think spirits choose when they want to be seen. I think it takes more energy to get yourself into a form that can be... Now, we're talking seen with the eyes, not psychically seen, because I've seen some weird things. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, psychically. Um, When you're seeing shadows and mists and things, that's, you know, getting closer, closer. But when people have, you know, we, we go to homes all the time where people, families are lost and concerned and scared or nervous uh, or just interested in what the heck is going on. And many of them tell us, I've seen a woman go across my dining room. I've seen a man standing at the window. Um, And, you know, it's sometimes solid form, often opaque. Maybe you can see through it a little. We had a gentleman at a theater, uh, the manager of a theater, tell us while they were doing renovations, the painters were coming early in the morning. He walked inside to unlock his office door, and there was a man standing there he thought was one of the painters, and he said, are you guys doing my office today? And the man sort of dissipated right before his eyes. Well, he had been completely solid. He couldn't (laughs) see through him. He thought it was a living person. That's a pretty strong amount of energy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. To to collect and form to be seen that solid, it's such a rare thing, you know. And um, I don't think the living have problems seeing i think the deceased pick and choose if they have that ability when to use it it just varies in each particular case i would say myself from experience it's interesting how people though like um like pe- people always ask me, you know, why can't I see my relatives or not everybody, just some, you know, and and well, I go, why? How do how do I know they're around me? I go, don't you get any sign, anything, maybe a smell, a flower, I, I mean, a smell or a sense of something that you liked or some experience, Ramp yeah, pipe. yeah. Yeah, that we we do have homes that talk about um, that uh, recognizable smells uh, or or actions or, or touch or, some, or touch even yes. kinesthetic kinesthetic but not every I don't believe every spirit that ever passes has the ability to come back and be around anybody that wishes they were. My grandmother passed away ten years ago, haven't seen her, and probably never will. That was her belief system, and it worked out for her. She wanted, at 91 years old, had a very good life, uh, pretty, pretty somewhat healthy for a 91-year-old person, and passed away in her sleep. But she told me, you know, I just want to see the face of Jesus. 
that was her belief system. And she'd lived her life. She was older and frail, and each day was just kind of boring to her, you know. She'd been there, done that kind of a thing, and she was ready. And uh, when she passed, I have a feeling that due to her belief system, she went where it took her, and she has no interest in what we're doing down here. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, my grandmother, for example, went to church all the time. I'm Catholic, and I I believe the same way, but I'm a non-denominational minister. But bottom line is I felt my grandmother ever since she left. I felt everybody that I've known, including girlfriends, uh, people that I've known in high school that passed, I, everybody came to, to say hello to me, Every, and they still do. Being a medium, you might have a better ability than those that are not in touch with any kind of psychic energy. How about just because... being crazy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we... <laughs> okay, Diane, how about your experiences? Yeah. Have you had anybody you loved that left that you felt? Um, no, I haven't. And in okay. fact, um, I had a grandmother that passed away in 2001, and um, I begged. I begged for her to, and, and I've never. Just have no, not? Yeah, okay, I've never okay. I have not. But you see all the other spirits, though. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So both... Yeah, the... the we had one okay. spirit up at a hotel in Idlewild, um, explaining as, as she kept telling us a lot of stuff and then telling us that she wasn't allowed to tell us other stuff, but she was telling us that, she, uh, you know, and who knows if she was telling the truth, but according to her, some that passed don't get a, a, a permission to come back around, and yet others do. And it goes back to a belief system. You know, when you remove religion from dying, then we don't know. We're not comforted. But when you add in, it makes me feel better that they can do this and they can do that. That's when we have to start looking for proof well, of that system, how about you, you just know? how about you just use the sense that we have free will you believe that right here yeah yeah why would god <laughs> take that away in the ap- afterlife he would not oh yeah you have free will when you pass that's for sure uh we had a lady and i had a gentleman um both of them tell me that after they passed they hid from loved ones that stopped by to take them to the light uh, because one was looking for his children. He had been in a car wreck, and it had caused the death of him and his right. children. Oh, boy. He felt horribly guilty, and he was not going to go anywhere until he found his children, but he was really using it as an excuse because he was nervous about being judged. So we're trying to convince him you, you can go to a place of love, you can go to a place where there won't be judgment, and probably your children are there, you know, if you want to go find your children. Well, and then we had a, a woman uh, telling us that she was afraid 
to go on towards a light because of things she had, decisions she had made while living. And so um, that's where a lot of psychic mediums in our group, we actually have two that are the most prominent in our group, Mona and Leslie, uh, will have communication with the spirits to talk to them about um, moving on and trusting and finding love and and again, um, love is great, your, but but we still have to face the the evil and the good that's in the in the spiritual world. We still have to face the the demons, to face God. Have to go through all this stuff. Yeah, but if you're talking to someone that's passed that was uh, Buddhist while they were here, they still have to uh, go through it. They still have to you go through. You don't know what they're facing after they've passed. Well, you know, I, I do know from I from my own experience. I, I could tell you that there is a hell, there is a heaven. Not from being. I've seen these both on both sides. Mm-hmm. And evil's in this earth, and good is on this earth. But if somebody's good, they're not going to have to deal with with bad things. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about spirits that have passed that are choosing to be lost or that are confused and are lost. And by lost, I'm meaning they've put themselves in limbo. Right. They're not here, they're not there. But they don't choose that. That just occurs. Or they get afraid. They get in the fear mode. It's not at well, a choice. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was talking about, choosing it by free will after you pass. You're afraid and you choose to not go on right and right. to can't be here stop by so at the bar for a while get a few drinks gray zone, you know <laughs> yes yes right so yeah so i was saying i was agreeing that there is a sense of free will after you pass because some are choosing to run on towards the light and some are choosing to hide because they're afraid of judgment you know that's a scary, um, yeah, but there's not judgment. It's just a matter of having in the spirit, I believe in spiritual warfare. And it goes on all the time for what, from what I've seen and who I worked with before. I worked with people that were very evil. I worked with, worked with people that were very good. I worked in brothels. I worked for the mafia. I worked for hitmen. And if it wasn't, just because people are in this evil world doesn't make them a bad person, per se. Uh-huh. Right. But that's... Ultimately, what happens to a spirit, we can only try to influence, but we we cannot control. No, no, we can't. And so no, when no, we no. went to homes, we can help the family create an environment to... Um, make it a little more difficult for a spirit to gather energy, feel lethargic, yes, feel tired. Yes, yes. Uh, not as, not as uh, comfortable to be there. Our concern is to help the family while trying to help the spirit. A spirit may or may not take your help. I you think know? that's great what you guys are doing. I think that's great. 
We do have yeah. control over helping the family. We don't have control if the spirit will listen to you. You know, we don't have control if the family will listen to you. We've had families nod their head, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, and then not do anything we suggest <laughs> and complain the spirit is still there. <laughs> well, I tell you, I worked with a with an Orthodox priest doing exorcisms before, and things I've seen and heard. Uh, sometimes the family is involved in bad things, and in this case, and it's just strange what I'm trying to say. It's it's a. I'm glad you guys are out there trying to help people. That's the main thing. Yeah, Diane had a great uh, house she went to recently, where a mom and a little boy. Uh, the activity seemed to center around the little boy, little eight year old, I believe. Right. Oh wow! And what the, happened? You want to tell that story, Diane? <laughs> yeah, um, we had uh, it was a single it was a single mom with two kids. A um, yeah, he was like uh, maybe nine, and then a younger one, and uh, all the activity seemed to surround the the boy that was around nine ish, and uh, so we brought the team in, and uh, the youngest son was out of the house, and as soon as we walked in, you know, activity started. And I'm using air quotes around activity um, because it soon became obvious that um, it, it wasn't so much paranormal, but it ended <laughs> up being a cry for attention by this, um, by this boy. Um, we actually caught him um, on, on video throwing items over over the landing downstairs from upstairs and um yeah so it was um it was disturbing or well it was a learning experience at best um i have some very (laughs) very strong feelings about (laughs) ethics and um, you know, we uh, we believe so strongly in our reputation as a group, right? Um, that if there's anything that possibly might not be paranormal, we will not say it's paranormal. We'll just say we can't. We, you know, we're unable to confirm and we're unable to deny. We can't label this paranormal. You know, ethics. Our reputation is everything to us. And then we got in there and we're like, you know, you're flat out. You're flat out trying to trick us. And I, I don't blame the mom, um, but I do kind of blame the mom's, um, <laughs> her response to it because she, you know, was in denial that there really, that, that it could possibly have been her son. Was her son possessed? You know, it's like, no, 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 no. He's not possessed. He's, he's throwing things around the house and almost hit one of our, our team members, which bothered me even more because we mm-hmm. don't yeah. hurt. But, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely... It's at best a learning experience for the team. Um, I at moments I think that I should have shut it down as soon as it happened. Um, Katie, Katie was kind of on the flip side, saying, "Well, yeah, it was right to keep the investigation going um, just in case something did come up that was truly paranormal." You know, I was kind of on the fence <laughs> on that one, but it was it was it was quite a um, frustrating situation to say the least definitely and there's a liability because you're trying to keep your team members safe if you've got a little boy throwing things over the top of the staircase that's going to hit them on the head 
and he's eight or nine, he, he may not realize this object is sharp. It may cut someone's head, the, a full water bottle. Yeah. I'm just talking about, you know, the 16-ounce water bottle, but when it's full and it's dropped from upstairs, if it hits your head, it's going to hurt. Yes. You know? It could even and kill so, somebody if something's sharp, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Oh, absolutely. Diane kind of wanted to throttle the little kid, you know, and <laughs> just trying to remain professional in front of the mother, and the mother's insisting, it can't be him, it can't be him, I asked him. And then we have to show her the film to get her to buy into this, you know. We're not just here blatantly saying, oh, it's probably your kid, that's the last thing we're going to say. Uh, but once we're seeing that on film, and fortunately they were say, seeing it real time, instead of going home and discovering it a day or two later, you know, um, it, it, there's a liability. You know, we want to go in and we want to help fa- families, but once every five or ten years there's a house we should not have walked into for some reason or another, and that's just the risk when you form a paranormal group, you know, you're going into a stranger's home in a yep. strange neighborhood. You don't know if it's safe to walk to your car or if, nope, nope. you know, Uncle Joe is going to be there that night. and He's <laughs> got a, a severe schizophrenic issue where he lashes out at strangers suddenly you don't know what you're walking into and then you've got spirits on top of that or you could wind up with cannibal lector you never know (laughs) i mean (laughs) i've met people before (laughs) yeah it's why you've got to have several people at every investigation very much yes yes physical protection and um and then you know um People people have to to be awake and aware when they're going into an investigation. It's not a thrill-seeking adventure. It is a mission to help a family and keep yourself safe spiritually, psychically, and physically from the family because you don't know, you know, someone could come pounding on their door. Maybe an ex-boyfriend decides to come over at that exact moment and have it out with her or whatever, you know. You never know. Yeah. No, you never. Exactly. You never know. And I was doing some readings one time at the Ho- Hollywood show in L.A. And uh, it was a rock star that came up to me. I can't think of her name right now. 80s rock star. And she said that she was in the room one time and her brother just died. And she said her brother would be a practical joker. And she had these socks that levitated in the air and came at her they were thrown at her (laughs) that was her brother wow wow you guys (laughs) (laughs) i like to i really appreciate you being on here tonight i'd love to have you again but let's get your website and tell people where you are uh website is www.calpara.com C-A-L as in Larry, P as in Paul, A-R-A. So it's like California Paranormal, but shortened, dot org. Hello, and welcome back to the Richard Spassoff Show. What a wonderful show tonight. Uh, We had Katie Foreman and Diane Miller 
from the Cal Paranormal Research Team. I'd like to wish everybody a wonderful week and God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Richard Spazoff Show. For more episodes and information, join us online at psychicmediumspazoffshow.com or catch the show on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. The Richard Spazoff Show is a proud member of the HC Universal Network family of podcasts. For more great content and shows, visit hcuniversalnetwork.com or download our free HC Universal Network podcast app from your favorite device market. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And until next time, keep Keep watch watch on the dark 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 dark